0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, welcome to the Oz Network as we begin a brand new set of episodes, a brand new series. Uh, we've mostly been covering classic TV shows, classic movies, along with, uh, I guess, The Amazing Race, uh, Survivor, as those have been going on. We're doing a new scripted TV show and. Um, In deciding what show we wanted to cover this fall, and it was a tough decision about which show we'd want to cover this fall, uh, which new show we'd want to cover and follow week by week uh, that is not called Survivor and is not called The Amazing Race, but uh, it was an easy choice for me because it's a franchise that I'm a fan of. It was a show I was interested in. It was a show I could guarantee I'd bother to watch every week. That's a tough thing with getting into a new TV show Who knows if you're actually going to care about it three weeks from now. This is one, even if it's bad, I'm sure I'll care about. Uh, We are here to talk about Star Trek Discovery, the new Star Trek show, the first Star Trek show in 12 years to be on TV. Uh, I am, of course, joined by Jamie. Uh, Thank you for coming back here and talking about stuff other than evil clowns and something that you're familiar with too. You love Star Trek, don't you?
1: Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Actually, growing up, my mom really loved Star Trek. So uh, I was exposed to all seasons of it pretty early. The only one that I didn't actually uh, watch was the one with Scott Bakula. I think that was Enterprise? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get to watch that one until I actually started dating you. And then you showed me that one.
0: Yeah, and you know that's a show I'm going to defend a lot. I know there's a lot of people out there who are critical of it. Personally, I think it's a much stronger show than most people give it credit for. It's definitely a stronger show than Voyager, which preceded it. But um, this is new for Star Trek in a lot of ways. It's also old because they're doing a traditional TV show. There's certain elements about Discovery we're going to get into which feel like classic Star Trek and a lot of things that feel kind of weird. Um Basically, just the setup, I mean, for this show, what CBS decided to do was instead of airing the show weekly on TV, they wanted to introduce the first episode and then branch off from there where all the shows would be available on CBS All Access, I think it's called. We don't have it here in Canada, so if I get any details wrong, forgive me, Uh, but the idea, I guess, is CBS's streaming service. You know, you pay a certain amount per month and you can get access to all of CBS's old shows. As well, you get all the uh, new shows, or I guess this is the first experiment to try a new show where it's introduced just streaming online. Now, us being in Canada, we're lucky in that it's being broadcast on regular TV, on regular cable TV. Uh, The first episode was broadcast on network TV, just like CBS did. Second episode and all other ones are going to be broadcast on space. I'm going to go into a rant on space, which is a great station which airs Doctor Who or it's the home of Orphan Black. You know, for anybody out there who doesn't know Orphan Black's a Canadian show, that's the home of Orphan Black. Uh, so many great shows on space. They kind of dropped the ball this week with this much, much promoted, publicized Star Trek Discovery. I'll get into a rant on that. But, uh, Jamie, just coming into Star Trek Discovery, what was your knowledge? We'll talk about your knowledge on the franchise itself. But just on the show, what did you know about the show before it started?
1: Um... You know, honestly, I'm probably one of those people where I have a really big interest in it, but it's not something that I have a lot of memories that somebody could ask me facts about the show that I would necessarily know, like uh, how you were saying with, you know, you knew the language was Klingon when we were watching the show. Yeah. I would have had no idea. That's why I said, how did you know that? Because they didn't even look like Klingons to me. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I just go based off of the things that I watched when I was a kid.
0: Yeah, but, but I mean, before we get into the Star Trek show, I'm talking about just Discovery. like oh. Before this... <laughs> I don't know. I was I was very politely... I'm very politely, as she's answering me, looking directly at me. I'm shaking my head, no, no, almost mouthing the words, no, that's not the question.
1: <laughs> I'm Sorry, I misunderstood. Hey, I uh, just ran 5K.
0: Give me a break. Yeah, okay. Um... Star Trek Discovery. What did you know about the show going in? Um, we'll oh, get into whether Nothing, it really. Nothing. Y- you knew nothing. You knew no, they well, were making well, a new Star you, Trek You show. told me
1: that Michelle Yeoh was on it, and I love her, so I was really excited.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot... That's all com- I knew. All I can really say is this is a confusion, confusing show. I mean... We're going to cover it. This isn't going to be like a recap and let's go through every single scene. You know, we're more or less going to give kind of a reaction to the premiere, not just the first episode, but the first two episodes. So if you only watch it on CBS or in Canada, CTV or whatever other country you have it on, the first episode, the Vulcan Hello, is what was aired on network TV. The second episode was released right afterwards, which is the Battle of the Binary Stars. It really is one episode. Yeah. So we it's, are going to cover that. It's
1: definitely like a two-parter. It's a, it, which sure.
0: is what Star Treks always do. It's just, yeah. oh, such a weird format to try to get people into the show. And I think it's going to uh, mess a lot of people up. But um, just in case, you know, you don't want to have the second part spoiled, if you haven't watched it yet, we are going to get into it. We are going to, this isn't like a review episode. We are going to talk about spoilers. We're really covering every episode as it happens and uh, going into detail of our thoughts on it. Before we even get into Star Trek Discovery, you had no knowledge of it going in. I followed it pretty closely. This show is still confusing to me. Uh, let's talk really quickly just about our history with Star Trek, as you already started to do. Oh, yeah. You my, said your mom watched it. My
1: mom watched all seasons of it, and she was always a huge fan of Jean-Luc Picard. I mean, but what woman her age probably wasn't.
0: Or, or just but, her age. As anybody no, who listened but, to the Logan episodes, But I was, but
1: I was, I was just going to say, like, you know, watching him growing up, even though I was, like, this little girl, I was like, that's a really hot guy. And he's (laughs) like and he's like super old. He could easily be like, you know, my dad or older, but seriously, no, really hot guy. He's really good looking. That's definitely my favorite season.
0: Well, series, I'm guessing.
1: Season of Star Trek.
0: Just one season or
1: oh no well you know what I mean? The the series. series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Next generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean the same with me. I was introduced to Star Trek from the next generation. I can remember I was very young when the show debuted Uh, I think it was 1987, and we were lucky enough that we had, living in a small town of LaSalle, Manitoba, uh, we picked up really good reception of a North Dakota station, I think it was, and uh, they were airing Star Trek Next Generation, and my dad, I guess, had been a Star Trek fan growing up, you know, not like obsessive or anything, but he's like, hey, Colin, watch the show. So I watch it. I'm like, this is a really cool show. Mm-hmm. And then immediately after that, he's like, okay, so watch the movies. You know, because the, the original Star Trek show, I, could, I think it was on once or twice, but it was mostly like, let's watch the movies. So he showed me like Rathacon, and then he showed me the Search for Spock. And, you know, as a kid, I mean, I, I was definitely more into the next generation, but I can remember I even had those old storybooks, you remember, where it would be an audio storybook, you'd yep, have a cassette or a CD, yep. and it would read the story to you. I had that for the Search for Spock. So. I mean, as I was a fan of it... Uh, as ago,
1: you know, I didn't see any of the movies until you showed me, until I was with you. I just saw just the TV shows.
0: Not even the Next Generation movies? No, nothing. Oh.
1: Yeah. That's sad. So, you, I, I'm interested to hear, though, what your rank of Star Trek... Series are. i will we'll, ta- I'll we'll do you that. Mine.
0: Yeah, we'll do that on the end. I guess we'll do that right on the end. But
1: I, I want you to tell me first, though, because I I don't know if I remember the names of them all.
0: Okay, so that's your subtle way <laughs> I, I love them of all, Not though, sounding but... dumb. No, by but not if knowing you tell me
1: names. the name, I will know what it is.
0: Okay, um, but yeah, I mean, I watched the Next Generation. You know, as it was airing, I got really into it. Probably about I don't know season five, maybe. I think I remember watching it like every single week. Um, I had like a die cast Enterprise that actually came apart with the saucer section was really cool but I mean it's not one of these things where I was ever as obsessed with as I am like with Star Wars or Superman or uh, anything like that but I watched like Next Generation religiously um, I've seen you know, the majority of Deep Space Nine, Voyager. wasn't a big fan of, but still watched it all the time. And even still, I'll watch it. You know, you know, if I'm ever having trouble falling asleep, one of the best suggestions is pop on one of the Star Trek shows. Yeah, because there's something true. about that show, particularly if they're on the ship.
1: With the humming and the There's background. a humming
0: of the yeah, yeah and I'm not. Yeah. I've talked to other people who have said the same thing. There's a humming noise on the ship that easily puts me to sleep. So,
1: here's a question for you. This is kind of interesting. I haven't really asked. Is this you this hijacking
0: over. the episode and going off topic this early?
1: No, no, no. It's it's still on topic. I'm actually just curious to hear what you have to say about this because you know my mom. My mom. I'm her- familiar
0: with her. Yes, no, I listen, know of her. I'm
1: saying my my mom's not into like anything. And I'm not calling people nerds or geeks or whatever. But my mom's not into anything like that. Like. Doctor Who, Star Wars. My mom's not into anything whatsoever sci-fi like that. But my mom loves Star Trek. She also does love Quantum Leap, but it probably helps that Scott Bakula's on there and he's hot. But, <laughs> but what it's do you do? You think that's strange that my mom's like such a die-hard Star Trek no. fan, even though she doesn't like anything else no. sci-fi?
0: And we're gonna talk about this too, because the new show Discovery is really trying to, I think, reach a female audience, similar to the way Voyager did, simply by casting women. But I don't feel like this show is. Uh, I feel like it's more of a guy show than people are giving it credit for, but Star Trek has like a huge female fan base, you know, I've met tons of women who love Star Trek. It's one of these things where people assume, oh, well, because guys get really into it. It's just a guy thing. It's Star Wars, Star Trek. It doesn't really matter. What's that
1: that character's name? Is it, uh, it's, uh, is it Diana, Diana, Troy?
0: Deanna Troy, yeah. yeah
1: I'd like to look like half as good as her in, yeah. that, in that outfit she's like really freaking sexy uh, yeah
0: so now does that
1: does that appeal to the men or to the women
0: so we've decided not to cover Star Trek Discovery anymore we're just going to cover Next Generation and talk sorry. about the eye candy on the show I,
1: I just go on to rabbit trail sorry about that yeah
0: but no it's important because I think for people to listen to this week by week they should know you know you are familiar with Star Trek, you love Star Trek, it's not something you'll go out of your way to watch every episode.
1: Heck, I I told you to consider the name Riker if we ever had another boy. Yeah,
0: which, yeah, I don't know about that, but I mean, I love William Riker, but still. Uh, We're going to talk a lot about other Star Trek as we go throughout this season, which I think is only going to be 15 episodes It'll be broken up into two halves, but it's important to know where we're coming from. We're not like such diehard Star Trek fans where we are going to know every detail. There's going to be some things that listeners are going to be like, okay, you got that wrong. Okay, we understand. I watch tons of Star Trek. I will still watch it all the time. Some episodes I've seen, you know, a dozen times, if not more. But it's not something that I'm so devoted to or not going to make mistakes. But give a bit of context there as we go into the show. Discovery, you didn't have any knowledge of it going in. I followed it. I found the premiere... What's the easiest way to say this? Very confusing. It's an odd show. And I'm not saying it's bad. We'll, We'll get into my feelings as we go throughout this. But it's odd. In so many ways, it just breaks against everything that is Star Trek. And if it wasn't for the fact that they say Federation and that they, they have the logo in the sand, which has been on all the commercials and all that, I'd be like, what is this show? Is this, you know, some other Gene Rod- like Gene Roddenberry's show with Kevin Sorbo he had, Andromeda? In some ways, it feels like it fits more with that.
1: Or that other knockoff, Orville.
0: <laughs> Orville. Well, that's the funny thing is the or- Orville, which is the Seth MacFarlane show, you know, we watched that the last two episodes or whatever, and I was assuming this is going to be like Galaxy Quest, like a really funny parody of Star Trek, and it's not. There's like a few jokes throughout it. For the most part, it is like a carbon copy of Star Trek. Yeah. And kind of an homage e- to the Even 80s. the
1: music sounds like it's trying to copy. Yeah, and me. the
0: theme song, let's say right off the bat, Star Trek Discovery, worst theme song the franchise has ever had. Yeah. Okay? The Orville theme song it's, blows it's it away. It's just
1: very underwhelming. That's and the only word I can think of.
0: If we're talking about the Orville, I'm not even a huge fan of the Orville. We watched the first no. episode I'm like, it's kind of cool but I, like, they either should have gone all out just being a Star Trek show or gone all out and been a parody and it's yeah. sort of in the middle and just doesn't really work. Yeah. But the theme song works.
1: It's, it's not enough drama and not enough comedy it's like this really weird in between where you're like well just decide what you want to be
0: yeah yeah but with discovery before we begin to the show the theme song that was the last thing we said before we started the episode i'm like i'm really excited to hear the theme song well, and because you said just well maybe it'll
1: grow concept. on you and then the second episode you're still like oh, yeah
0: it's 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 uh, weird it feels like the intro to a theme like you know the next generation. It has like the opening. Dun dun dun. Yeah,
1: you you feel like dun, you're waiting dun, for something.
0: Yeah. Imagine if the if all you got from the next generation was the dun 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 dun, dun and maybe, that's it.
1: Maybe we'll get lucky and the this first two parter where you, it's really like not connected to the story at all. Maybe they'll have a new theme for the rest of the series. Maybe
0: because <laughs> I remember like when Enterprise first aired, and that was like that was one of those times where you know i think my brother and i we were like the most into star trek at that i like age. how you're making
1: like the vulcan signs with your hands right now like an italian vulcan no
0: i'm trying i'm trying you to
1: literally make... look like an italian Vulcan. <laughs> i want to eat my meatballs with my mind meld
0: <laughs> eat my meatballs with my mind um. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> all right hands under the table here um But yeah, like, Enterprise, like, we were the most into Star Trek at that point. And when we sat down and watched the show the first time, and we loved the show, and I said, I'm going to defend Enterprise a lot, you know, throughout all these episodes we cover. I just remember hearing the theme song, which is like a power ballad. It sounds almost like a cross between Michael Bolton and, like, a bad, you know, Bon Jovi song from the mid-90s. And we just laughed so hard. And then every week that passed, we're like... This is actually a pretty catchy song, and sure, it doesn't sound like Star Trek, but the the weird thing is that song grew on people, and it became a big hit, yeah. and people kind of have this appreciation for it. Maybe it's like an ironic appreciation, but they still do appreciate the Enterprise theme to some degree. This is... Sounds like a Star Trek theme, but it's just not there. There's nothing there. It was a terrible opening theme. Terrible. Terrible. It was awful. Awful.
1: It was underwhelming.
0: Um... I'm trying to figure out how we even talk about this. Like, again, if you only watch the first episode, watch the second. I mean, you should know by now it ends on a cliffhanger. This was one episode, clearly. And they said, let's split it. And this is the first thing I want to talk about. The weird decision that CBS had. Now, if you do this on regular network television, it makes sense. People are going to tune in the next week. The first episode basically ends on a cliffhanger. The second episode ends on a weird cliffhanger where you're like, I don't know where they're going with this. And you want to watch it. That's one smart thing. This is a heavily serialized show which there's a lot of false press out there that's right now, a lot of fake news that's claiming this is like the first serialized Star Trek show. It's like, no, it isn't. Deep Space Nine did that. Deep Space Nine did that before 24 did it. Uh, it's just, you know, for what most people are familiar with with Star Trek, this is definitely much heavier. It's more like 24 where every episode is clearly leading to the next one and you have no clue where it's going. Not quite sure I feel about that yet, but I, I understand the idea is to drive subscriptions to their CBS All Access But when the first part is kind of, what did I just watch? And the second part's like, that was interesting. I don't know if there's a lot of people who are going to watch the first part and then be like, I can't wait to watch the second. I think a lot of people would give up after the first one, don't you think?
1: Mm. I think it depends. I think that, to be honest with you, if you were someone that didn't really know anything about Star Trek, like, I'm not saying I'm an expert, I'm not, but I'm, I've am always been really interested in it. I've been exposed to it ever since I was a little girl. But if you were someone that, honestly, had never really seen it, watched it, or knew anything about it, let's say a millennial or whatever, if they weren't really exposed to it at all, then you might give up because you're just like, well, this is kind of stupid. I don't understand anything.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's a weird format. The show itself is very different in tone. If you're not really familiar with the old shows and you're more familiar with the the new movies, the JJ Abrams one, and then the Star Trek Beyond that came out last year, you'll feel more at home watching this than you will going back and even trying to watch Enterprise, which was probably the most modern Star Trek because it feels a lot more like the movies. It looks more like the movies.
1: I like the TV shows a lot better than those most recent movies that they did, though.
0: I like the movies. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, I love at least two of the movies. I wasn't as crazy about Star Trek Beyond, but there's still some things I liked about it. But it really is different. And J.J. Abrams kind of said it when he developed the first movie, as he said, he wanted to make some of those stu- true to Star Trek, but he wanted to inject a little bit of Star Wars, as he said, into it. A little bit more action and excitement. This pilot, two-part or one-part, whatever you want to call it, very action-heavy, and it feels weird for Star Trek to be this action-heavy, especially for a show that's called Star Trek Discovery, where you think it's going to be like back to the roots of Star Trek. It's about exploration. They even mentioned that early in the episode, where you kind of have this uh, this hope, okay, well, the show's going to be about exploration again, which even the movies struggled with to a certain degree, uh, and not just about, oh, we're always responding to some armed conflict or some war. Um, But... I don't know. I feel like visually it looks more like the movies and I think that's going to fit with audiences. But even the tone of the show, it just felt like so serious that it's almost like a lot of the fun is stripped out of Star Trek. And I'm not going to be critical of this whole thing. I mean, there mm-hmm. was a lot I liked about the show, but it felt like really almost overly dramatic at times.
1: Very serious. Yeah. But the thing is, is I mean, it is, well, it's not one episode but you know what I mean when I say the first episode this is the beginning chapter or whatever it still has a whole season to go so they could still have you know humor and uh you know the deep connection to the characters I understand we were kind of talking about that a little bit before recording I understand you know the reason why they didn't go very uh heavy into these characters because to be honest from what it seems like when you watch the end of the episode. It's almost like this is like a flashback or something like that. Like it's it's I'm and I'm not giving anything away because honestly, it's not really clear what the heck we just watched beforehand. Is it a memory? Is it a flashback? Is it something in the future? You honestly really have no idea. At least I don't have a clue. But the thing is, is that's why I'm saying I understand why they didn't go into the characters. Yeah. But I'm really hoping that they do that going forward because well, I do. Maybe it's just the woman in me. I don't know, but I really like to connect to the characters. <laughs>
0: Um, well, it's not just, I mean, it's the same thing with guys. Why is it that guys love Kirk, Spock, McCoy, that whole trio, that dynamic? Why do they love Picard so much? Why do they love Data? Um, everybody wants to connect with the characters. You complained, it was probably with about 15 minutes left in the show, that I feel like that we're not really getting enough with the other characters. It's basically just the one character, the first officer, Burnham who has a male name, which is weird, Michael. And you know, it's funny cause I thought, Oh, well, are they trying to do some weird thing? Like in the future, there won't be gender specific names, which wouldn't make sense if this is a prequel to the other shows. And none of the other shows had that, but in all honesty, apparently what it is is Brian Fuller who co created the show. He does that with all of the shows. He'll give his leading uh, woman a male name. And it's just kind of like his trademark, his gimmick. Hmm. Um, but it,
1: it, I did not know that
0: it's all her character. And there is Michelle Yeoh in there. And, when I said even the promotion for the show had a lot of people confused, I remember reading a lot about it. And I remember when the casting came out, and the first thing they said was Michelle Yeoh's playing the captain on the show. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome! That's the, like, who doesn't love Michelle Yeoh? She's a Bond girl, you know?
1: It's Michelle Yeoh. It's Mefrel. It's
0: Mefrel. She Yeoh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: right. That's what I said. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but uh, that's
1: my name. Don't wear it out.
0: But. I mean, it's weird because then all of a sudden they announce, well, Jason Isaacs is playing the captain of the Discovery. I'm like, oh, did Michelle Yeoh get dropped? And then you watch the trailer, you're like, well, it's all Michelle Yeoh. And you watch the first episode, you're like, well, where's Jason Isaacs? And then you watch the second episode, you're like, where's Jason Isaacs? And where's this Discovery ship they're talking about? It's just a weird format where this, it was described now um, within the past 24 hours that they're describing the first two episodes as a prologue to the whole series. So it's almost like... This is... It's like
1: a prequel, prequel.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like a prequel to set up something, which, again, is a weird way to do it. If Star Trek's been off the air for 12 years, if you're trying to introduce a brand new uh, chapter in this franchise, do you make it that confusing where the audience doesn't know who they're supposed to be watching? And are you going to be able to connect with the characters as much when they're introduced? Who knows if they're even introduced in episode three? We finished episode one, and they had this teaser for episode what we thought was episode 2 and there's Jason Isaacs there's the other characters on Discovery none of the characters that are regular cast members on the show have even been introduced yet
1: and you know who I really liked by the way do you remember Saru yeah yeah, I thought that was like a really cool-looking alien. Has and has that type of alien ever been seen no, in Star Trek before?
0: No. Again, completely unique character. And I, that's the other thing I was confused by. I, I
1: really hope that they have that type of race or whatever in this, this series because I thought that
0: was cool. I'm hoping too because when you look at the cast, even the opening credits, the actors' names that are mentioned, uh, the only ones that actually appeared in this first one... Are the two leads? Um, I'm gonna butcher the name of the lead here, Burnham. Um, Saniqua Martin Green. So she's billed, and then Doug Jones is billed. And Doug Jones, you're probably not familiar with it uh, by looking at him because he's mostly known for doing like these characters that are uh, covered under prosthetics or motion capture, kind of like Andy Serkis. You know, he was in the Hellboy movies. Um, He was in Pan's Labyrinth. He played the Silver Surfer in the Fantastic Four movie, but He's the guy who's playing Saru. Um, He is billed in the opening credits. I'm assuming he comes back. Uh, None of the other characters that we follow on this first ship, which is the the Shenzhou, which is Michelle Yeoh's ship she captains, none of those characters are even billed on the main cast in the opening credits. So I am completely assuming at this point that other than Burnham and maybe Saru comes back because he is in the, the main cast, every other character we saw is basically just for these first two parters. And that is, again, just a weird way to introduce a show, especially if you're giving this teaser for the audience. A teaser should be a way to really get the whole audience aware of what you're gonna be watching for the whole series. To show them one part of a two-parter episode when even the second part doesn't show you what the show is about is just a weird way to introduce it. And this is where I feel like the show's gonna run into trouble because I finished the second episode and, I'm like, that's interesting, I'm interested to see where it goes, but I have no clue what this show is yet. I don't know the characters I don't know the story I don't know the tone. it's just yeah. it's so hard to follow
1: yeah no i I agree with you and um a lot of the characters they didn't really go too much into them who they are about anything about them, nothing like that, but this Saru character and um, Michael burnham uh, they're probably the two that they actually did show any type of. I'm trying to think of the word type of character development like Mm -hmm. you know saru explains you know his type of race and stuff like that a tiny little glimpse of where he comes from yeah and then with michael burnham you see uh, all the story you know how did she grow up and uh uh, different things about her being you know raised by vulcans and stuff and being
0: spock's half sister which again when did this happen (laughs) not even half sister i guess adopted sister
1: yeah but the thing is is like it's it would make sense if they were both on going forward because to be honest they were the only one's that you really even got to know a little yeah. bit. So.
0: And the one thing I will give this show credit for, and this is where I mentioned at the beginning, there's some things that are very classic Star Trek in this. Um, the whole dynamic of that trio, that I guess all the shows really have that, but with Next Generation on, it became an ensemble show. And this is both my compliment to them going back to classic Star Trek and also my criticism of kind of ignoring what Star Trek is really about, which is a huge cast of characters. It felt like even though this pilot, even though Michelle Yeoh is probably gone now, who knows, uh, it was like Kirk, Spock, and McCoy where you have this trio and they all play off each other in a certain way. They all bring a a, a different perspective for whatever the mission is. They're going to debate. They're going to go back and forth. That's what the show's about. And this felt very Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. And I Mm love them working off each other like that. The criticism is that the original show most people are so familiar with star trek now and even the movies uh with w- even the ones with william shatner you know like Khan and all that that involved all the other characters they don't realize that, that original show was basically just the three characters yeah you had sulu yeah you had uhura yeah you had scotty but they were always just sort of background characters they, they, they didn't care there weren't a lot of episodes that were about them next generation on this is where my criticism is Star Trek is about you have this cast of characters, you may have Picard and Riker and Data as your three leads, but you can have an episode that is focused just on Deanna Troy. you can have an episode that's focused just on Dr. Crusher, you can have an episode that's focused just on Geordie. I love Geordie. just episodes on Worf, and that is the show. I don't know if they're going to be able to introduce characters in episode three and then go off from there and be like, okay, well, here's our episode with the random helmsman that you aren't introduced to until the end of season one. I mean, is this just going to be a one-woman show from this point on? Because that's the other weird thing. So we're not following from the captain. I'm okay with that. But Star Trek isn't about following even one character. Next Generation wasn't about Picard. He was the lead on the show, but I wasn't following him. The way that this show is set up is if Everything is going to be centered just on Burnham. And I don't know if I want a show like that. It's not even a knock against her character. Her character was interesting. But but it's
1: nice to have the diversity, to have options where you get different, different stories. And it's not just from one character's point of view. Because that can become a little bit boring. Yeah,
0: and I think Enterprise probably did it less than the other shows. And uh, that it mostly was those three leads, Archer, Tapal, and Tucker... But you still had like you would have a Flocks episode every once in a while. Right, you have to be able to juggle that. None of the other shows did it as well as uh. I, well, I'm not gonna say as well as just one. Deep Space Nine and Next Generation did it really well. Um, The other shows, it was mostly more the leads, but you could still do that. And I just don't know if we're even going to get that dynamic of three leads. When Jason Isaacs comes in, is he going to be a supporting character to what is now the Michael Burnham show? I don't know if I really want to watch a one-person Star Trek show.
1: Well, we'll have to wait and see kind of what they decide to do with it. It's kind of hard to make any... Any guesses because there's really not much to go on.
0: Yeah, episode two doesn't even end giving us any indications to where the show is going to go. Well, we don't even understand. It's not even a thing about the, well, the cliffhanger. How do you get out of a cliffhanger where she's basically in prison? Yeah. It's not even about that. It's no. like, we don't know. It's like know a completely
1: these... different story.
0: We know none of these characters. All we know is there's a war going on. We don't know any of these characters. And yet, I, I'm not. Saying I didn't like the show, is just... It's so confusing. It's just weird. Weird is the right word. Yeah, it's not even that the plot's confusing. It's just... It's bizarre ways of presenting television.
1: I need to hear what your opinion is on... um, On the graphics. And also... Um... Aside from that, the actual costumes and stuff like that that people had, what? Because, well, because, tell me if I'm wrong. Like, I again, I'm not like a, a major expert with Star Trek here, but I do love it. But the Klingons look different than anything I've <laughs> ever seen. Is is is, no, is, is, been, is is that is that true? Like no, they, the it,
0: last 24, 48 hours or whatever has been all about people being like, "What is with the Klingons?" Now no, no, they I'm, look
1: cool, but that's yeah. not what they look like before, though, right?
0: No, not at all. It's it's, it's,
1: it's a new here's fresh, the
0: thing. Yes. Here's the thing. People are being very critical of, well, it doesn't make any sense. that Klingons look very different. If you watch Star Trek closely enough, and I'm not even one who knows everything, you know, forwards and backwards, but the original Star Trek TV show, Klingons looked like regular people. There were no ridges Oh, I, in their I, I remember that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you showed that to me.
0: That was the original series. Because you showed when, it to me
1: and I knew, like, who Worf was and you showed me that and I was like, what? That's not a Klingon. But then That's a person. Star
0: Trek The Motion Picture, 13 years after that, um. still the original cast, still William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, the Klingons suddenly have these ridges in their forehead. They look like the classic Klingons, you know, that's mm-hmm. all the Klingons we've seen all the way up until Enterprise, which Enterprise takes place before this. Yeah. They even reference, oh, it's been like however long since we've encountered Klingons. So the Klingons have an established look, but there is that thing in the original series where they looked like regular people. There's an episode from the original series, the, the, the Tribbles episode, everybody knows, right? I love that one. And Deep Space Nine, the, probably the coolest episode Deep Space Nine ever did, the Deep Space Nine crew went back in time on board the original Enterprise during that episode. And they actually combined. They would have, they would have Worf and Cisco in a shot. Uh, and you are seeing the original footage on the left half of that screen of William Shatner with Tribbles falling all over him. Uh, so it was an episode within an episode. They mention that to Worf, where they're looking at him. They're like, because Klingons are in that episode. It's like, wait, what's with the Klingons, Worf? It's like, why don't they have any, you know, the ridges on their forehead? And Worf just simply goes, it's not something we like to talk about, you know? And it's, it's kind of like a joke at the time. It was like a joke. But it's more or less been interpreter, I guess they, they explain it in there, that they went through a period where they changed their physical appearance, maybe to look more human or whatever. And I'm kind of watching this thinking, well, if you connect those dots, you can say, maybe this is kind of in the middle there. You have Klingons who are starting to change their appearance and everything. Because the Klingons we're encountering here, we're not led to believe that this is like the regular Klingons. These are kind of like a cult of the Klingon extremists, which is a cool premise for the show. I do think that the show had a little too much Klingon in it, uh, a little too much slow talking, lots of pausing so the audience can read about 19 minutes of subtitles, but... If you're going to have these Klingons that are disconnected from the rest of the Klingons, maybe give them a different look. Even yeah. the 2009 J.J. Abrams movie did that with Eric Bannis character looking slightly different from the Romulans.
1: And what was the name of that guy that was in Face Off who actually did work on Star Trek for... Yeah,
0: you're what, talking what, about... What,
1: Michael... Wasn't his name Michael something?
0: Uh, oh, Michael Westmore. Yeah. yeah. The, well, the guy who did the original Star Trek makeups but, Michael Westmore, you're referring to face off. People should know you're referring to face off the reality show about yes, makeup effects. Yes, yeah. yes,
1: yes, yes. Um, because I was just watching the end part with you there, and um, I didn't see his name. I think it was just no. uh, Glenn Hetrick. And then. Uh, yeah,
0: which is the two of the judges on the show Face Off that Michael Westmore is the mentor on, Glenn okay. Hetrick and Neville Page. Neville, right. They're doing the makeups now. And again, it's cool makeups, but it's different. So people are going to have to get used to that. I can kind of explain it with that whole, oh, well, during a certain period, Klingons were changing their appearance. And then you can say, well, these are extremists. They're going to be even, you know, more different. Um, How do you find the Klingons as the villains? I kind of mentioned there my complaint. I feel like I like this premise that they're kind of like this extremist cult um, that's trying to really take over their empire and start this war, which they do start a war. The show's about a war. But a little too much Klingon talking in this episode uh, a lot of it just felt like it was repetition over and over like again. Filler, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, that's the way that I felt too. Um, you know, and for most of what I've been exposed to as far as um, Klingon stuff goes, uh, is everything with Worf. So, yeah, for me to see this kind of stuff, it's not really something that I'm really used to.
0: Yeah, and they were villains. Like that was what Gene Roddenberry did. They were always villains in the original series, right? And when he created the Next Generation in '87. He said, "I want to have it where suddenly there's peace between them, and because the movies were still happening at that same time, they were able to several years into Next Generation tell the undiscovered country story, which is about where peace was achieved, I guess, with the Klingons." Mm-hmm. Um, I like this idea of a war again. There's a lot of like fake news out there, false press that's saying, "Well, the Star Trek show is you know actually following a war." Uh, Deep Space Nine did that too again. <laughs> Deep Space Nine, probably the most critically acclaimed Star Trek show. Uh, a lot of things that this is being given credit for, that, the multicultural cast, um, all that, its it was all done by Deep Space Nine first. Um, I love Deep Space Nine. Uh, it's going to be hard to top that with just how dramatic it was. Also, how dark it was. This show's dark. It's way darker than Deep Space Nine. Uh, the tone of the show, did you find it a little bit... Unsettling. Did you wish, like I said at the beginning, that it was maybe a little bit lighter in tone, or were you okay with it?
1: I was okay with it. I think that it was um, it was pretty pretty heavy. Um, but like I said, I'm excited to see where they're going to go from here.
0: The story. Um, I mean, it's so hard to talk about this because we know a lot of this isn't really going to matter in the rest of the show. The Shenzu. Uh, Michelle Yo is the captain. We know that. Um, Burnham is this Vulcan raised, or human who's raised by Vulcans, raised by Sarek, who's in the show, which is cool. Sarek is, you know, Spock's father going all the way back to the original TV series and then in the movies. The actor was playing him, James Frain. I'm a big fan of James Frain. he was on 24 um, in season 4 of 24 which is probably one of the best seasons. Uh, I want to see more of him on the show, but I felt like that too was a little bit forced, this whole not that the whole idea about, well, Spock has uh, an adopted sister that nobody knew about. That's uh, There's a review that I read this morning that said it just, it sounds like a thousand fan fictions that, you know, 13-year-olds wrote on the internet over the last 20 years. <laughs> oh, Spock has an adopted sister. I kind of agree with that, but I don't even mind that so much as just, I feel like this whole thing they're doing with like her being uh, connected, like mind melded with Sarah, and they have some type of weird connection that we've you know have never heard about before it's just a little bit too forced hey let's have Sarek in the show without actually having him there on the ship um her character's backstory I guess is just that that she was a human raised by Vulcans when she came on the ship she was very much like a Vulcan now she's evolving into more of a human uh how do you feel about the whole Vulcan subplot that we're seeing
1: um I thought it was very interesting I I've always think that with star trek that it's so cool how they do these things where they make um you know the histories and cultures and everything like that of these different alien races they put so much thought into them so it feels like such a real world yeah. and i love to watch it because of that and it's so much better than anything else like i've seen some some other shows and stuff like that like just throwing something out there i didn't follow it too closely with you but like even game of thrones Mm -hmm. um and it's kind of cool because you get into it's not so much like different races but you get into all these different things and it's the same type of thing where you know the story is interesting because they actually go into a lot of detail so you feel like you're kind of part of it
0: yeah and
1: if that makes sense
0: no it does i mean You know, there's even little things they did, which I agree with you with, which the Klingons here, like the weird ship they encounter where it's like it has this exoskeleton, which is made up of literal Klingon skeletons. And, you know, little things like that they do that just kind of brings you into this culture and it can be a little bit different. I like that the ship, you know, which, of course, we're probably never going to see again, the Shenzhou, that it's this old ship, you know, and... It had this very submarine-like feel, which is really what Gene Roddenberry intended when he created Star Trek. He wanted it to be like submarines in space. Mm -hmm. It was like naval warfare. Uh, That's one thing I will compliment the show on. They, They really got back to the whole naval warfare aspect. Even if it's not warfare, that might be the wrong word, but like naval exploration aspect of Star Trek. This feels like it is a ship sailing the ocean or it is a submarine, you know, underneath the ocean exploring. Not to be completely scattered, but let me jump to another question here. The war premise that this this whole episode, and I love the way that they introduced this here, which was really about a mutiny with Burnham kind of committing this mutiny. You know, she believes, well, this is what we have to do to prevent a war with the Klingons. And obviously, you know, Michelle Yeoh uh, and Saru kind of like disagreeing with her. And she kind of gets thrown in prison, but then it really does happen. I mean, this show starts with the beginning of a war with the Klingons. Um, I guess this is going to be the focus of the entire series other Star Trek shows have done this before even Enterprise their third season was very focused on that but what I really hope is that the show which is obviously trying to be very different that they don't make every single episode they don't try to make this 24 where every single episode is about the war um, I'd like to see the variety in there still of being able to have one episode where they just discover a planet and there's you know, some weird machine on there that that has artificial intelligence and you know, whatever else um but the war plot going forward do you like this one uh did you like how it was introduced in this episode
1: um i hope that it's not all about war i prefer the star trek episodes where they're more about um individual little stories yeah rather than all leading towards one thing if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you know, these little stories like about like the troubles and stuff like that. Yeah, I
0: mean, and maybe there will be one-offs on this and that's where I'm hoping this goes more along the route of what Deep Space Nine did or even Enterprise's third season where it was focused on, you know, the, the one main mission but they still had their little side adventures. Again, we know nothing until we see even the third episode and who knows what we're going to see then.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the... One cool thing I did love in this episode was the visual. You mentioned you wanted to talk about the effects, I guess, a little bit. The makeup effects are great in this. The visual effects, uh, hit and miss. Some of them kind of look like a video game. Some of them look like really impressive like on quality with uh, the movies. It is a TV show. People have to be more forgiving. No TV show has really great effects. No TV show has to pull off effects this big. But the one thing that I really liked was the uh, visual of when all the other... Klingon ships all of a sudden just come out of warp and just swarm them you know which really starts off this armed conflict which is the entire second episode that whole sequence I loved and yet is a little bit more action heavy than what we ever see in Star Trek but I love that any other action scenes or even individual scenes that stood out for you in these episodes
1: Mm, I'm trying to think I, I probably would say the same type of scene that you just said but then I got kind of it perked me up a little bit oh I gotta see what's going on when um Michelle Yo and I know that's not her character name yeah
0: she's Michelle Yo. but she's Michelle, Yeoh. But,
1: uh, she's Michelle freaking Yo. yeah and um and Michael Burnham when they uh worked or whatever transported onto <laughs> the, the teleported yeah whatever I told you I'm not an expert um, I just they were there on the beamed planet. yeah beam me up uh Saru <laughs> okay um they got onto the Klingon ship and then they were trying to go after, um, what, what's his name? Kovtu? Kav, Katavu? <laughs> the Kovu, bad Kovu. Guy.
0: <laughs> The bad guy, yeah.
1: S- same name as that cub from the Lion King, Kovu. <laughs> uh,
0: um, no, I mean, that's going to be my complaint. As much as I loved the majority of the second episode and the whole being swarmed by the entire Klingon fleet... Um, as well as, you know, the, the jetpack suit from early in the episode, or in episode one. The propulsion suit, mm-hmm. uh, which really is a throwback to the Star Trek The Motion Picture, what Spock did. Um, I love those sequences. Uh, that last climax where it is just <laughs> Burnham and Michelle Yeoh on board the ship, it was like a carbon copy of the climax from Star Trek 2009, with Kirk and Spock, you know, going after Eric Banna. It was just way too similar. Even the ship looked too similar. I didn't care for that. Uh, I guess the other question here, um, Michelle Yeoh, <laughs> what is her character's name? Do we even know? Mm. Who cares? She's, she's Michelle Yeoh, right?
1: I don't... I, I hope it doesn't sound racist to say, but I think it was an Asian name of some kind. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I think
0: it wasn't, to be honest. Oh, I
1: think it was.
0: No, um, I think that was kind of the... Because I, I noticed whatever her name was, it, it sounded just like uh philippa giorgio very asian jamie yeah <laughs> no, no,
1: but the how she said uh giorgio it, so, it sounded like it was like 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 szechuan like it sounded like like szechuan i'm saying stop i swear you guys are not racist
0: pretty cute. you being racist you no. just think that Philippa Giorgio is an Asian name. No,
1: the Philippa that that almost sounds like French, but the how she says Giorgio, it almost sounds like Sichuan.
0: Okay, <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, I I get where you're going with that. It yeah. sounds
1: like it it's part of that like I don't want to say the like dialect, dialect yeah. but yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I get what you're saying with that. Yeah.
1: And like why is like why is her why is her ship called like you know Sa- Shenju Sichuan.
0: It's not called Sichuan. <laughs> Is that the only word you know?
1: You know, fun fact about Jamie Maria, not Jamie, Jamie, not Jamie Hilling because this was back in the day when I was in high school. Oh,
0: back and- in the day.
1: And Maria is actually my maiden name, so my name is Jamie Maria, and Colin always said I sounded like a rock star, but um, when I was in high school, you guys probably laugh at this just from what I'm just saying now. Get ready to laugh, people. But when I was in high school, I actually was going to take a a course over my lunch hour to study Mandarin. I never did, though.
0: Well, you did. You just got to Szechuan and then gave up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I... I you know, it was over my lunch hour, and I just kind of decided that I would rather eat than learn Chinese. But, you <laughs> You'd
0: know, rather eat Chinese than learn Chinese. Yeah,
1: but, you know, like, I actually kind of regret it. I wish I would have learned, you know, more than just Szechuan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, speaking of um Michelle Yo, Philippa Szechuan, <laughs> do you think she's coming back? It, it, it was no. odd to me. I, I had no clue what this was. I kind of pictured because I knew... Well, she's playing the captain, she's in the trailer, but Jason Isaac's supposed to be the captain of a ship called Discovery, therefore it should be about him. The reason why I I would say no
1: is because it's a special guest star.
0: Well, okay, yes and no, because I pictured the way that the show was set up that, oh, well, maybe it's going to be two ships. And they're both kind of like, you know, hey, Michelle, yo, you could be my wingman anytime, you know, (laughs) like a Top Gun type thing. They're wingmen. Um she is built a special guest star. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, so is she not really part of the show? And why is Jason Isaacs in the cast and is not part of it? Uh, she
1: probably would be pretty expensive to cast. I mean, she's a freaking Bond girl for goodness' sake.
0: <laughs> well, she was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. She's owned she, by Marvel. She's a freaking now. Bond girl. She is, and always will be. She, um, but
1: she, she is an amazing you actor.
0: Ma- you mentioned like actress. special guest star. Special guest star is sometimes reserved for somebody who's sort of above the cast. I never watched it, but I'm from what I remember. Uh, one of the big stories with Melrose Place was that Heather Locklear, who was the main star on the show, was the always built... Billed... the Mel- Ro-
1: Mo- Mo- Mel- Melrose Place. Place? And was, why are you bringing it up with Star Trek? It was
0: like a 90... Because if you let me finish a sentence, maybe you'd know. Uh, she was billed as special guest star for like the entire duration of the show, even though she was like the main character. Same thing on one of my favorite shows of all time, Lost in Space. Like, like the Lost in Space TV show from the 60s. The guy that played Dr. Smith was... Again, by the time the show ended, the main character in the show never uh, was there an episode that didn't have him other than the original pilot, and he was always billed as special guest star. So it is possible she's still out there. I mean, they say, well, I'm not leaving without her body, and then she kind of just leaves. Maybe she's going to come back at some point. Maybe it's like Picard with the Borg. Who knows? Or maybe she's
1: somehow alive, and they managed to take her as prisoner, and then they have to make a deal. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Who who knows? Yeah. Who who knows? Who knows? Who (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? that? Sheshuan, who
0: knows? (laughs) But, like, she has to come back. Like, you said how much you love her. I love Michelle Yeoh. I love her. The response that, that I've seen online to her, even people who are critical of the show everybody loves michelle yo on this there has to be some way that they can bring her back on the show even if she's not as a main character
1: my favorite movie that she's in you're probably gonna laugh at me and say oh my gosh she's been in so many good movies that you're gonna say that. memoirs
0: of a geisha yeah oh come memoirs on memoirs of a geisha
1: i love oh. her in that oh but you know what though i know you're like eh, but and and you love the soundtrack way more than the movie but i'm saying i love the movie I yeah. love it. Yeah. But you know what? It's probably because I'm a chick and it is more of a chick movie.
0: A movie made by a white man about Japanese people where he did not cast a single Japanese actress.
1: <laughs> but you know what, though? It's still amazing. No, it's not. It's great.
0: No, it's not. Yeah. Um, you reminded me of something there. You know, as you mentioned, the single most feminine movie ever made that no guy should ever watch. Uh, the is, whole it, idea- is it really,
1: though? Is it? it? Is. is. It
0: is. It? It is that and dirty dancing pretty much you know what you know what
1: i bet you if i thought about it for a while i could think of way more feminine movie what well what about like 13 going on 30
0: no that's i i have a good defense of that being a more masculine movie
1: yeah you you love of, that movie
0: yeah i do and mark ruffalo what is about, what makes about what about it work.
1: pretty in pink come on
0: never seen pretty in pink Couldn't think, tell about, you.
1: think about that title
0: well we're not debating feminine titles here we're debating fem- let's get back on topic here this is what do you, i wish people out there knew how much editing i actually have to do to keep jamie on topic when you hear these episodes
1: well you know what if you ever research that thing online there's a, a comedian that talks about this um you know guys brains they're like boxes and then women's brains it's like a box of wire it's it's one thing leads to another thing you know you could be talking about dinner and then all of a sudden you know i'm like well, so when do you want to have another kid you know, like that's okay. just the way my brain works. You know, you
0: basically described the famous, I don't know if everybody else gets it, the famous Canadian commercial about Canadian history about the Canadian surgeon who discovered seizures by triggering one thing in a brain that made somebody smell burnt toast that it was a trigger you're about to have a seizure. You'd basically just described.
1: Or maybe our brains are just way more complex and awesome than yours. Or
0: maybe you're going to have a seizure right now because you can't stay on topic. No. Are you smelling Szechuan right uh, now?
1: <laughs> no. I'm on the keto diet, so I'm actually extra anti seizure.
0: (laughs) Anti (laughs) seizure?
1: i eat ketogenic you have,
0: you have paralysis of the tongue i believe jamie's having a stroke right now everybody <laughs> I,
1: i'm not it's not funny to joke about that some people get really mad if you
0: joke about that some Stop. people also get mad when have you some say sensitivity in one bone of your body calling cheese some have some sensitivity next time you claim anybody who's asian has the name szechuan <laughs>
1: No, I said that she sounded like she had an Asian name, and she did. It was like Georges or something. <laughs> Georges is Asian sounding? How it sounds like <laughs> No, it's the same way that it rolls off your tongue, like ja, 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 Yeah,
0: there's a lot of confusion when they first announced that the captain on The Next Generation 1987 would be Jean-Luc Picard, because a lot of Japanese men oh. were jumping up and down saying, that sounds Japanese. <laughs> They've covered Japanese names in Next Generation, Chinese names in Discovery, is they just gonna uh, next one's gonna be korean excuse
1: me excuse me <coughs> anyways have a sensitive bone in your body okay my brain is just more complex and <laughs> it's called less full <laughs> no it's more full with more wires leading to little different things all over the place
0: yeah okay uh let's talk about star trek discovery what people actually downloaded this to mm-hmm. hear
1: mm-hmm. all right why am i still married to you
0: that's a good question. I ask myself all the time. First,
1: you know, you're handsome. You're funny. and I Keep around. You're my son's dad. I guess I'll keep you for now.
0: All right, that's good.
1: But no more funny jokes about people having seizures or strokes. You're gonna make people mad.
0: <laughs> oh, I am gonna leave in every inappropriate thing you say. No more editing, Jamie, to make her sound like a better person than she is.
1: <laughs> hey, I never told you to edit me.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> you you did out of the phrase. Stop it! I want people to like me. <laughs> Let's get back on here. I was going somewhere. I'm the likable one. Femininity, okay? Um, One thing that I have seen is there are some people who are complaining about this being two female leads. Oh, you know, Star Trek, uh, shouldn't we really have a guy character in here?
1: But it is coming, though.
0: Well, yeah, but we don't know. I mean, that's the thing. But this is my point. We're living in this age where people are so sensitive, like Jamie. Oh, please. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry
1: you know what honestly the <coughs> thing is is people talk about all these different things like i saw this post the other day on you know uh, uh f- feminism type of stuff with you know female ghostbusters and female this and female that and it's like oh what a time to be alive and you know what i don't think that every character necessarily has to be female just to be female to prove a point but i didn't see anything wrong with what they did in the show
0: well, I did in Ghostbusters because well, okay, well, here's the thing. I, I see
1: that, but that's nostalgia. That bad,
0: no, that was a bad movie. That's what I saw. The it was a okay, bad movie, but, but that's nostalgia. There are people who jump down any guy's throat who says, "I want to see guys on Star Trek." You know, here's the thing: there are girls' movies. I'm not even using the phrase chick flick; that's something different. But let's take Mean Girls. Okay, Mean Girls Day is coming up, apparently. <laughs> And it's being shown in theaters here in Winnipeg uh, on Tuesday. I don't know if you want to go to that. But let's take Mean Girls.
1: Get in, losers. We're going shopping. Okay,
0: listen. listen. I'm going somewhere with this. Why is Mean Girls something that you want to see as an all-female cast? Do you want to see Mean Girls where it is Mean Guys instead of Mean Girls? If Mean Guys comes out, do you want to watch it? No. Why?
1: I don't know, because it's really hilarious to see girls being nasty okay. to each other. Okay,
0: well... And not so much for guys. I think, I, think, I think it's a little bit simpler than that, and I want everybody to follow me here. And I'm not saying that I have this opinion oh, it needs to be guys. I didn't care. Um, but why is it that sometimes when you want to hang out with somebody, you just want to hang out with girls? You want to have a girls' night. Why?
1: I don't know, because you feel like they understand you more.
0: Why is it that guys sometimes just want to hang out with guys?
1: Probably the same reason, I would assume.
0: So... But I'm not a man. What people need to understand is that there are some things that guys, you just want to tune in, you want to see a guy's movie. And Ben and I are going to talk about this, people listen to it, because we're going to talk about it in our Face Off episode, that sometimes you watch a, a guy's movie, you don't want a movie, females listen... Guys don't always
1: listen. (laughs) Guys, oh, you're gonna make some people mad. Females, no, no, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm cluing them in on guys here. Guys don't want. You're digging your hole deeper. Guys don't want fast and furious where you have a big blow up action movie and then you have a bunch of women bikinis all the time. That has its place. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes you just want a guys movie where it's just guys doing guys things. And because I'm not saying that this is what Star Trek has to be, but because that is. What people are familiar with with Star Trek because that's the way it was it was three guys commanding together and Star Trek was traditionally a very guy uh heavy fan base mm-hmm. so it is normal for some guys to be like, uh, I kind of want my guy time right now I want my guy day, you know I want to hang out with the guys. That's what Star Trek is to some guys so I'm not saying that's even my opinion, but you're,
1: you're like, don't
0: that? yeah. Why do you think I watch Face Off? Who do you hang out with? I don't hang out with anybody. I have, I have a job. Besides and your brother, I don't. Ha- I have a job, a podcast, a kid, a school, and I got you to deal with. I don't have time for friends. But what a loser! <laughs> but my point is, is that. It's normal for some guys to just be like, you know, I kind of want my guy show, okay? So just don't be so quick, any critics out there, to jump down. Any guy who says, oh, I don't want a show about, you know, two women. They said the same thing with Voyager, and everybody said it was sexist. It's not sexist. Sometimes you just want to watch your guy show. I get it. And if there's guys out there who want that, that's fine by them. They're not. I get it. Maybe there are some guys who are just being, women don't belong in Star Trek. But there are a lot of guys, and these are some of the ones who are just getting their throats jumped down who just want to watch a guy show. Now, having said that, I said that this is probably one of the most guy heavy as far as the tone of the show goes and the story, this feels like a guy's Star Trek. It is not just because you have female leads, it is not feminine in any way. No. The show is dealing it's with It's
1: like really war, like war heavy, well, yeah, serious. This one is, it it doesn't seem like
0: it's like It's action, yeah. it's war, it's betrayal, you have mutiny, yeah. you have a lot of arguing. Yeah. Uh, if you had recast this you could have had three male leads and it would have been the exact same show. Oh, yeah. Nothing about this is a feminine Star Trek. And the same can't be said for a lot of other, you know, recent... I'm not even talking about Ghostbusters. They kind of intended, well, let's reach a female audience with Ghostbusters. To me, Ghostbusters was the same thing. I'm like, I like Ghostbusters because it was a guy's thing. You know, it was guy's humor. It was guys being guys. But they wanted to reach a different audience. With this, you could recast with anybody you want. So I don't mind... The fact that this is two female leads. I don't mind the fact that the two female leads we see so far are (laughs) semi-attractive. That doesn't bother me either. Um, But I do want to have different perspectives. For the same reason that I liked having characters like Jordy, Worf, Data. You know, all of them were completely different. If you look at the cast from Next Generation, nobody... Is the same. Nobody relates the same way. You have old characters, young characters, white characters, black characters, alien characters, human characters, robot characters, and that's what I really want to see out of this show. Yeah,
1: and and there's certain you know the thing is is in regards to you know it being a female thing, kind of on the same. Uh rabbit trail is that you know there's things where there are very strong female characters and it really doesn't affect the show and in some ways it makes it more interesting or better in my opinion like even you know take something like star wars with Rey yeah. and you know uh also uh the first uh superhero movie where honestly there is uh a character um that's really strong and amazing and it's not just a lame movie you know with wonder woman there's this whole generation now where you know uh these little girls they can you know grow up seeing these people be like their first like powerful strong female leads and there's nothing really wrong with that but it's hard to say exactly what the show is going to do there is a guy captain um that's that still to come, eventually. Yeah, in the future. And, you know, honestly, who knows what's going to happen with it. Um, I'm hoping that they can go into characters, as you said earlier, more for, you know, especially Saru. But we'll have to see. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, but, but let's get more characters in the show. Because Yeah. if this is any indication, even if they do introduce Jason Ice later on and some other ones, I mean, we want more than just one or two characters for the show. I think we're both on board with that. Oh, yeah. Um. What else do we have to talk about in this? Uh, oh, the, you,
1: you were going to tell me the rank of your Star Trek series.
0: We'll get to that right after we review this episode. Because we'll kind of have to see where this fits in and where we're coming from. Or we'll get to it right before them. But anything else on this episode that you want to talk about that we forgot about?
1: No, I think we pretty much covered the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Um, it was different. <laughs> it's bizarre. It's confusing. And again, not that the story's confusing. It's just weird television. Mm-hmm. uh it's a trouble I, I, I just
1: thought that it's like they drop you into like oh it's very intense like that's the whole the other, time see here's
0: the other thing you said like, drop there's, into there's
1: there's no there's no time to like <gasps> to breathe it's well, like they just drop you right into the and middle that's of it. the other
0: thing i think it will throw off a lot of people because we've had five star trek shows prior to this mm-hmm. and all those shows kind of start the same way with the exception of the original series which was a result of the fact that they filmed the pilot they said we want changes They refilmed the pilot. They didn't refilm a pilot. They refilmed a new episode with a new captain. And then they eventually took that original pilot, which introduced the characters. But they were in mid-mission in that. Every other Star Trek show, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise. All of those start with the crew meeting for the first time and starting their mission together. This is different. We are dropped into a crew who's seven years into their mission and is basically their last mission. We're it's like watching... A, it's
1: like a mind
0: bomb. <sighs> this feels like the finale of Star Trek Shenzhou or Star Trek Szechuan. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is the two-part finale of Star Trek Szechuan that we're watching here. Super deluxe. <laughs> and uh, and I do give it credit. I felt like this was big enough to be a finale. Most of the things that didn't work, it was because we're unfamiliar with the show. Uh, and I don't think that will improve this premiere. That's the other thing to mention is that Every Star Trek show, the premiere, with the exception of Voyager, I think, which probably the premiere got the best response, uh, people were very skeptical on the premieres. The entire first season, even the majority of the second season of Star Trek The Next Generation, people were not on board with. That show took off with the third season. Uh, same with Deep Space Nine. It really took till the third or fourth season before it caught on. So I don't expect that this is something that's going to catch on right away. But it's a weird show. Um... I don't even know what else to go with that. It's just, let's just get to the reviews. What else can we even say? Um,
1: it's weird, but definitely give it a try.
0: The, well, yeah, because I feel and like...
1: see what happens, because honestly, like, it could lead to something really good.
0: We have a storyline that's interesting enough, and the cliffhanger that she's now been tried for this, mm-hmm. which this is what I liked in the episode, the whole mutiny plot. She's being tried for this. She's being sentenced or whatever. Where are we going to go from there? How does the discovery come into play? How does Jason Isaacs come into play? Will Michelle Yeoh come back from the dead? Mm-hmm. Which I believe she will. She'll be back at some point. Um, all these questions left unanswered. It's enough to keep me watching. Uh, I honestly don't. I would love to hear from people who just watched the first episode. And then, well, where am I going to go? There's probably going to be a lot of people who are like, I'm not going to give the second part a chance. And I think that was a mistake, not doing this as a two-hour episode on TV to get the most viewers into it. But... It's interesting enough that I want to give it a second look. Um, and I'll give you know this an entire season, whether it's good or not, which is why we're covering it, because even the greatest Star Trek shows out there struggle struggled in the first few seasons. Because it's
1: freaking Star Trek.
0: It is, yeah. Star Trek always gets good. They figure it out. Uh, buy it, rent it, bin it for this two-parter premiere.
1: Definitely rent it.
0: I'm going to agree. I'm kind of low on the rent it for this. Uh, because the first episode, I think, really was a mess and they struggled with it. Uh, The second half improved a lot. I'm going to rent it, like, based on that second one. We should mention that this is kind of already a uh, struggling show. Brian Fuller, who co-created this with Alex Kurtzman, who, of course, was responsible for the Star Trek movie series we just finished with the Chris Pine ones, the J.J. Abrams. Uh, Brian Fuller stepped down from the show, like, immediately after making this pilot. They brought a lot of people along with a lot of connections to Star Trek. Nicholas Meyer is one of the producers on the show, and I believe he's going to be writing an episode coming up. He's the guy who made, like, wrote and directed The Wrath of Khan, The Undiscovered Country, big involvement in Star Trek. Jonathan Frakes is going to come on as a director. They're really trying to tie it more to classic Star Trek, so uh, I'm optimistic. Uh, but, yeah, the show was struggling from day one, so I'm not even sure if we're going to, you know, really get the show finding its legs until the second half. It's going to be broken up into two halves. That's the other thing to mention. Eight episodes, I think, are going to air. So we got now six more to go, six weeks straight. And then they'll take a break, and then they'll come back sometime in the new year for the second half of seven episodes. Um, I have a feeling they're going to do this very much serialized, like 24, even more so than what Enterprise or Deep Space Nine did. But yeah, interesting enough to keep me watching. Uh, you want to rank the Star Treks now? Let's let's do this. Every week, we'll do this. We will rank something Star Trek-related. So okay. let's start with the Star Trek show. So we have I want five you, shows. I want
1: you to tell me first to last.
0: Well, that's the way we will do this. Okay. <laughs> uh, good suggestion. We've got a 50-50 uh, shot here of getting it right. Okay. Uh, first is Next Generation. Hands down for me. I know a lot of people, including Wayne and Garth, will give the argument of the original series being better.
1: No, I, I agree. With I grew you. up That's on Next Generation. Me too. And it has John the Freaking Picard. Yeah. Let's
0: go. Um, Data. No,
1: I know. Yeah. So. Deanna d- Troy. In I the agree with you. Next Generation is number one on mine. I'm interested to hear the rest.
0: Well, I also want to say Next Generation had seven seasons. You know, had the original series had seven seasons, it may, maybe it would have been up there. But like the last few seasons in Next Generation, amazing. Uh, second for me. Um, uh, it's tough because I actually really love Enterprise but on a rewatch of Enterprise recently I found that season 1 and season 3 were phenomenal, season 2 and 4 kind of struggled, so I'm going to go with Deep Space Nine and put it second just because I feel like, again, the last couple seasons of Deep Space Nine were so strong Really? Um, yeah. That's kind of interesting I love the characters on Deep Space Nine I still think that, I know the next generation finale is considered by many to be one of the greatest finales in TV history Honestly, Deep Space Nine's finale blows it away. Uh, And I love that Deep Space Nine was serialized. It was darker. There was way more complex characters. That would be my number two.
1: My number two would be Voyager.
0: Voyager? Yeah. Get out of my house.
1: Get out of my house. No, that's number two for me. Why? It's just one that I grew up watching and I really like it.
0: Okay, that's sad. And
1: And number three would be Enterprise for me.
0: Yeah, see, I'm very much in the middle. Um, Again, I really love Enterprise, but whereas I said on recent rewatches, some of the seasons of Enterprise I think struggled more, I think the original series really improves for me the older I get. When I was a kid, I watched it. I'm like, this is kind of boring. Now I love it. So I'll put the original series at number three. Um, you want to go next? You kind of switched up our order here.
1: I know. Yeah, oh, you're
0: you're waiting because you can't remember the names of the shows. So no, you
1: I to... do remember, and then it we've went... gone through them all. No, and then the last two for me would be Deep Space Nine, and then actually, please don't hate me for this, but the original would be probably last for me. But but that's not I to can. say yeah. that's not to say that it's not good. I mean, it's it's freaking Star Trek. It's amazing, but they all have things that are pros and cons about them.
0: Yeah. Uh, well. Obviously, I keep talking about Enterprise. I almost wanted to put it too, but I love Enterprise. Next generation is like the
1: best. Yeah, though. but like
0: Enterprise, I. And I'll, we'll go through every week. We'll rank something of all the Star Trek shows. But Enterprise, you know, Scott Bakula. I mean, I Quantum Leap was my favorite show. As oh a child. yeah, so good. Um, I love Paul is maybe the best character outside of the Next Generation. Uh, and I would even say I put to up there with like Kirk and Spock. Not as good as Spock, obviously, but like. To amazing. I love. Oh. I
1: love how you're smiling. Right I'm not
0: now. because you've been smiling the entire time. The second I said to Paul, you're looking you at me because you think like,
1: she's like super freaking sexy. Well,
0: so what? <laughs> she's so the best. Just spat all over this mic I paid a lot of money for but no she's the best character she's a complex character anybody that knows
1: colin has to be how fun it is to tease him because he's such an innocent person so whenever i say anything like that he can't help but be embarrassed so you could tease tease him really easily by stuff like that i'm
0: not embarrassed at all i'm simply saying her character was so good and it's one of the most unique characters ever in tv i bet she was so good Anyways, Jean-Luc Picard's <laughs> chest hair jam. Okay, um, I,
1: I'll freely admit he every every inch of that guy's hot.
0: Okay, oh, that so, sounds
1: really dirty. Sorry.
0: <laughs> Last is Voyager. I always hated Voyager growing up. Um, I could never get into it. I didn't like any of the characters except for Chakotay. I liked kind of, but then they dropped the ball with him in everything but like the first two seasons. Paris was okay early. They dropped the ball with him and everything else. The Doctor was the only thing that worked on that show. Oh, I
1: love The Doctor. But you have to tell me something because, like I said, I'm not an expert. Which, which season was Whoopi on? Because I loved her.
0: Well, she wasn't on Voyager, if you're talking about Voyager. She no, was on I Next Generation. remember.
1: Yeah, was she okay? I, I loved- think she was
0: introduced in season two. She appeared sporadically throughout.
1: I loved Whoopi. She was good.
0: She was one of my favorite characters on that show, too. Yeah. 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 And not because she's sexy, because she's not. <laughs> <laughs> Just because she was great on the show. Um, but Voyager lasts for me, but I will say it took me a long time to get into Voyager, 15 years. I wouldn't even give it the time of day when it was aired, like space airs it around the clock. Remind me to get on my space rant right at the end here. We don't want to make enemies like we did with CTV on The Amazing Race Canada. But I, before the new movie came out, the J.J. The Abrams one, 2009, I rewatched like all the best episodes of all the shows. And because I didn't have favorites of Voyager, I found it fun if you went into it not expecting it to be brilliant like the other shows and it's like it's just cheap entertainment it really is cheap like bottom of the barrel entertainment but yeah Voyager can at least be fun definitely my least favorite Star Trek show Uh, time for the rant okay okay. so here in Canada we're lucky enough Star Trek Discovery will not be you know paid subscription you just get it on space Um, it's going to be aired you know weekly on Sundays I guess we're getting it the same time it's released online in America that's a huge deal for us so they've been promoting this so heavily. It's being aired on CTV, which I think CTV had it aired, right? Space was supposed to air it at the exact same time that it was aired on CBS and CTV. So what happens is they go through a marathon all weekend. They air all of the 12, I guess, Star Trek movies that they had the rights for, everything but Star Trek Beyond. They air all the Star Trek movies the entire weekend. Somehow they time it. So when I started the recording for episode one of Star Trek Discovery... There's still about 10 minutes left in J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. Um, so I guess, yeah, 11 movies there. They keep having this thing flash across the bottom of the screen. Star Trek Discovery will begin shortly. 10 minutes in, I'm like, okay, finally it's going to begin. I can still salvage the second recording. They go into a preview episode with their space hosts that goes on for another half hour. So 40 minutes late, this episode starts. Now, you're going to have a lot of people watching this because it's Star Trek and Star Trek is huge here and space is basically built around Star Trek and they blew it on their first episode by having... The movies run too long, so people who are recording the show, and that's the majority of people nowadays, mm-hmm. are going to miss the last ten minutes if they didn't extend their recordings. And then they blow it even more by airing a preview episode while it's already airing live on American networks and on CTV that is being simulcast. Well, on. the
1: the thing is, is if they were going to do that, that's fine. But then allot that in the actual guide, yeah, so, exactly, so that you can record and it I know at the right time. it was
0: not just our guide because otherwise they would not have had Star Trek Discovery will begin shortly at the bottom of the screen. It was terrible planning. I don't know what they were thinking, Uh, but I'm excited that we're going to be able to watch this every week. Well, and
1: luckily we didn't miss anything. Yeah,
0: because we caught it with enough time into the first episode that I could go to the second episode that was still recording and say, extend another hour, because that's what we're going to need. We're lucky enough this is going to be aired every week here on Space. Uh, This episode is going up a couple of days after it came out. The reason is I'm sick, um, which I don't know if, if you can hear it, but... This episode is taking a lot of editing, because I'll just be honest right now, if it sounds like there's any weird cuts in here, I've had to edit out coughing about a dozen times throughout this episode, uh, trying to make it as seamless as possible, but we will be back as quickly as possible to cover these episodes, and I don't even know how many people are going to listen to this, because what type of audience are you going to have when people in America are going to have to pay for this, and who knows, you know, who's going to be watching on space after they blew it this week, but it's going to be fun to cover because it's Star Trek. Oh Yeah it's the type of show i think that they're going to be telling a season-long storyline so we better follow it for the whole season
1: i agree and you want to come back because you want to listen to me because i'm pretty awesome
0: yeah well we, we... and i
1: don't <laughs> offend people to making you know jokes about things that are offensive no. not at all no i'm like the least offensive person ever
0: yeah because you have a good editor on these episodes
1: <laughs> i'm a good person <laughs> yeah
0: not for long i'm done with editing after the tonight um that's it for Star Trek Discovery. We're both renting this one. Um, give it a chance. Give it a chance. We've now seen the same preview for the next episode, for the last two. Who even knows what the next episode's going to be? But we'll be back to cover it next week. Um, anything else to add, Jamie, before you go?
1: Live long and prosper.
0: All right. And uh, my name...
1: I don't know I said that like <laughs> Arnie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every accent.
0: <laughs> like saying Hanger's house. Uh, my name is Colin and live long in Szechuan.